Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Good morning. Hello, is anyone there? Is there anyone (laughs) listening? Hello, hello. (laughs) Good morning. Good. Uh, Yeah, it's Friday. Yeah, it is. Um, So I think that uh, when we were here on Wednesday, I mentioned that, you know, a couple of times in the last little bit that I woke up and found you on the couch. (laughs) Right. Because, you know, Jim, like I couldn't sleep. And so that was me last night. Yeah, um, poor Michelle. She has I... had a rough night, very little sleep. So we first have to excuse her for any comments or if she should, you know, make some nonsensical comments. Yeah, yeah I'm going to be snoring. She may be falling asleep on the microphone over there. So. Um, and I and I realized this morning we we started in on um, just some conversations about like what's happening today and some emails because um, and I think that. I had to have you repeat what you said to yeah. me uh, at least half the time. So what I've determined is, is if I get half the amount of sleep, then my ability to focus is about diminished by half. Yeah. So. And if- we count on Michelle to kind of run the equipment here. I mean, I know how, but she's much better. So, uh, so we're kind of, we're making sure. That's why I'm saying, is anyone out there? Like, yeah. are we actually connected to the I, thing? Yeah, well, it looks like we are. So <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think that we're good. And so I'm going to try really hard to, to keep track. So of, tell us hello from uh, your state. Tell yeah. us what state you're listening from. We oh, it looks like we've already that. got a couple on here. And um, Facebook, your Bill's already out there saying happy, right, so good morning. Back and, from his morning swim, probably. And, yeah, I'm wondering where he is. Where in the world? You know, yeah, we, should, we should do a segment, you know, like Carmen Sandiego. Well, we just did it. We just started it. Oh, we just it's started stuck. it. Where yeah, in the world in, is Bill Elizondo? Elizondo. Oh, yeah. it even kind of like goes it with it. And yeah. so, I, Bill, where I in think, the world? I think that you need to get a trench coat yeah. and a big floppy hat. And take a picture of yourself wherever yeah. it is that you are at whatever airport or whatever, and post it on Facebook. This is a challenge, Bill. I'm sorry, it, yeah. my my brain not working half half the way. This is a good one. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Just take a picture of yourself and say, "Where in the world is Bill Elizondo?" Yeah, and that's then right. like there maybe maybe we'll do a prize. Maybe we should get some like buy or morning show mugs. Oh no! So. <laughs> Don't make it into a huge thing. Just tell us where you are, Bill. That's all we got. Just that's tell us where you got. are. <laughs> Bill is in Indiana. Hey, uh, sounds like he might be home. That's a rare spot for him these days. Tomorrow, Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, we're it's, we're happy to see you all, and and don't forget that uh, if if you don't click the little thing in the Streamyard that says "Hey," you can go ahead and use my name. You might have to like expand what it what mm-hmm. it is that's in the in the stream. So it's it's there's a little thing that you can click on, and it'll give us permission. Right. To, to see your name. So we know mm-hmm. who we're hearing from out there. But yeah, we appreciate yeah. you folks tuning in. And uh, <laughs> so I see you're in there, Jesse. I just sent you an email in Ohio so we can talk soon. Yeah. But uh, also, we had an announcement. One of the things that um, developed uh, in the last week is that we uh, managed to get our all publications, our live broadcast goes now to the uh, syndicated podcast platforms like. Uh, yeah. So there's like three, the, the three big players. I can think of four. 
Uh, well, at least on on uh, Kajabi, which okay. is who is hosting our mm -hmm. our that I, that I actually download to three, and okay. then everybody else, even if they're big ones, pick it up from those three. Okay. So it's um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Yeah. And so, like, I've seen us on iHeartRadio I and a lot of other small ones sure. as well. So, so if you're listening to us through that means, if you hit that podcast button in your car or whatever, you should be able to find us same day. Typically, you know, within an hour I, or two. I'm, I'm, I've figured out how to do that. Before yeah. it was like done at midnight, and then all of yeah. a sudden I saw this thing that said, "Oh, I can schedule it for the same day, time of day, or something at a different time of yeah. the day." And oh, so, yeah. bottom line is, you don't have to wait till tomorrow to hear today's. Uh, broadcast if you uh, have the time and want to hear the latest. Or you can thing. always go to YouTube too. Yeah. And By the way, we got excellent yeah. feedback on our conversation Wednesday around oh, the mechanics check. Yeah, a lot of lot of really mm -hmm. great feedback during and, even and after feedback, the broadcast. Yeah, after yeah. the broadcast, that yeah. there was some back and forth on that. It was, yeah, yeah, it was pretty. So good. this is kind of the thing you guys are going to hear me talk about some stuff, and and uh, I just tell people I am an unapologetic fundamentalist. Like I talk <laughs> about some of the stuff that is what some people call old school. Mm -hmm. Folks like Tommy and myself call that fundamental. Like it's just fundamental. It's still the fundamentals. It's blocking and tackling. Yeah, I was going to say blocking change. and tackling. We've we've heard from other people that have been out there for a really long time that mm -hmm. are trying to teach new dealers or established dealers. It's like, sure. you, you, if if you aren't solid on the fundamentals, then you yeah. Know. And the blocking tackling thing to me is like a it's a it's a pertinent analogy. Like if you follow athletics at all or sports, then you know there's you, people shoot free throws pretty much the same fundamental way. Mm -hmm. People have some fundamental things in a golf swing. It's like, there are some fundamentals that are probably always going to be true, like mm -hmm. mechanically true. And so we think this, this is going to be true about our business too. And uh, so Wednesday subject was kind of along that line. And I think what we're going to talk about today around pricing will be similar. Yeah. So I think Michelle's falling asleep. Listening. No, I'm not. <laughs> fading for just a second <laughs> her, her eyes are all droopy this morning poor thing so yeah we do want to talk about pricing and this will happen like we talk about michelle and i have said we we're not going to run out of stuff to talk about oh, no. in this morning format no. because we you know between the dialogue on facebook and we could have gone about three different directions this morning uh we did have a conversation recently with a, a new client who's just starting in business for the first time all all three of their people you know the dealer and their two key managers are brand new to the space and mm -hmm. so when when that happens we obviously have a lot of background education and kind of some mm -hmm. A lot of that is on the Institute, but right. there's, yeah, which if you haven't had a chance to do that and you're new to the space, mm -hmm. bhphinstitute.com, um, the, the dealer track really has a lot of good, right. solid, um, uh, just fundamental. Right. For education. sure. And so one of the things that came up, we, we were talking about pricing and I really find it sometimes challenging with folks and we put some pricing stuff out there. I've got some old YouTube stuff on pricing, which really probably ought to be pulled down because it was either during or pre COVID. And mm -hmm. so some of the things that we learned back then, you know, or we're sharing back then are, are different now. And we also, you know, introduced a pricing tool that we made available. And if anybody hasn't seen that would like to see it, you know, you can certainly shoot us an email uh, send a text message or whatever. We'll get you the pricing tool. Uh, a lot of people have really uh, indicated that that's been very helpful. So I think our conversation today, I hope will also be helpful because what we did for this dealer that was really instructive for them, mm -hmm. you could see that it was, it was eye opening for them to go through this, this, um, 
kind of, yeah, this yeah. table of numbers to help them in, in arriving at pricing. And, you know, it was interesting though, that like you said, they're brand new, mm -hmm. have, have not done this, but have, you know, maybe getting some feedback from other dealers in the area about this is the way you there is such a huge spectrum. Oh, sure. I mean, and it's, and, and you go to like old, like the old, old one is double and add a thousand yeah. or something like that. And, and, um, so, you know, we were, we were talking them through and, uh, how, mm -hmm. how this, but it was, it was interesting to hear, well, what about this? This is what we've been told works. And yeah. it's like, okay, so let's, let's take this to um you know practical application does it work all the time no yeah. so then we took them through the pricing tool and it really helped and yeah all. and i think um you know there are a couple of things that come to mind like i i'm i'm sitting here saying fundamentals are fundamentals you know some would say well that double it and add a thousand is is fundamental that's old school well that's true but i think technology's helped us to have mm -hmm. more sophisticated ways to do that or you know we got more improved ways to do that and so I'm, I'm a big believer and Michelle knows this about me. Like I'm not a believer in pricing from cost like ever take it outside the buy here, pay here business. Mm -hmm. You know, you really, when you're setting pricing that you're, cause your consumer is going to see your price, but they're not going to see your cost. So you want to make sure that your price is set relative to the market. And in our case, the, many of the customers in our buy here, payer space don't, don't fight us on price. So we could, we have a little more latitude. It's not like mm -hmm. we're selling some widget or having to price our cheeseburgers, you know, in a competitive restaurant market or whatever. We're, we have, we're in a position where we can move the price a little bit and the customer will still agree to buy. So now how do we go about setting pricing? Like, and the things that I would share here, I think even though they're, they're definitely true with the dealers that are brand new, I think much of what we talk about would also be true up and down the pricing scale. And regardless of stage of a dealer's business, I think these same things are going to apply. And if you watch our little short video on pricing and the tool that I created, it's meant to kind of coach YouTube. people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's available on YouTube. And so if you just go out there and look for probably buy here, pay your pricing tool or something, you should find it. But again, just let us know and we'll, we'll or, try to Or they can just actually go on to the Octane Group, Jim Rhodes and... The YouTube channel, the YouTube find channel. it there, and we'll try to remember to share the link here in the thread yeah. with these broad this broadcast this morning. But the uh, the thing to know about that is you, the thing you would hear me trying to drive home again and again and again is is stuff. It was interesting to watch this new dealer really struggle with this concept of they kept trying to tell me, well, how would I set the price? Like they was try to ask me, let's walk through it. Give me a price on this one. I bought it for X. I don't need to know what you bought it for. <laughs> and they kept going to, yeah. I bought it for X or, yeah. and, or we're in it for this much right, or right. whatever. Like, and it's like, I don't, stop. I don't need to stop. know what you paid for the car. I need, because that can work against you in two ways. If you, if you bought it a little heavy, that shouldn't, we shouldn't necessarily try to pass that along to the consumer. That's our mistake. If we bought it well, we don't need to pass that along to the consumer. We should retain that as a benefit for us in doing a good job and buying. So, so the price needs to really be set based on what's sensible for the consumer. And maybe it's helpful to understand that I also advise them to think about for simplicity to start, maybe just divide your cars into three categories, kind of, you know, your premium, more desirable cars, lower miles, super clean, whatever that might look like. And then kind of your middle grouping is going to be your, your midline cars, your real common, the kind of the one that you do the most business in. And then the, 
the lowest bracket might be kind of budget cars. This, these are just cars that are got more miles, got more dings, whatever. And so this kind of kind of fit in our budget category. So if you start there, maybe it makes life a little simpler to arrive at a price. But then what you're going to hear me say about pricing, and this just takes a little practice. Like for those folks that are brand new to it, this is, it can take a little work. But if you first kind of think about those categories that I described, and now think about just how the car is going to finance. Like that's really to me is the box. I think I've written articles on the subject about it's got to fit in the box. Okay. There's, Tell me what the box is. Yeah. So a lot of times just in the terminology is kind of a play on the whole thing. People talk about thinking outside the box. Well, in buy your payer, we kind of have to work within a box in terms of the financing. Like we, we're, we're limited by the customer's down payment you know, in terms of how this car is going to finance, we got to stay within a box that makes sense. We got to down payments, you know, got to work for the customer. The payment amounts got to work for the customer relative to their income. And now the last variable in that for me would be the term of the loan. So this is why I say we got to look at how this car is going to finance. So I'm going to, if those of you have a, a, a pencil and a, and a piece of paper handy, I'm going to give you some numbers <laughs> Math? to think about. Yeah. Okay. I'm not doing this exercise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're not ready. I'm not ready, but you know, there's plenty of people out there that have had enough sense. Yeah. And if you, if you're driving, you can't write it down. (laughs) These these are not terribly hard things. And and these are things you can take these own, this own Mm -hmm. um, exercise and go to your own inventory. It doesn't matter where up and down the price scale you are, but I'm going to give you a breakdown on three different price points as an example. So we started out with this, this particular dealer, we're working at 23.9% APR. So that's, that's, kind of fixed number number one 23.9 apr 10 percent down payment and then we worked with a payment of 450 dollars pni okay just a regular payment now this particular dealer i didn't capture we can go back and look but again it doesn't matter this is really about your numbers i don't remember what the add-ons were like i don't remember what their sales tax rate was and their dock fee and some of the add-ons but it doesn't matter because you're going to go back and do these same things on your own uh figures and in their case they're buying a lot of really affordable stuff and so we we kind of worked with them at three different price points and so those numbers were 89.95 as a selling price obviously your discount cars your kind of your budget package and then 10.995 and the last one was 12.995 so we went up two grand just as an illustration so let's let's pick that first bracket at 89.95 to 10.9 a, a price increase of two grand. Well, our payments almost 500. We're at 450. So you think, okay, roughly four payments that I'm adding to the thing. Well, no, at 23.9% interest, you're actually adding nine months to the length of that contract. So why does that matter? Well, look at what that means in terms of relative to the miles on the car. So this is the part that's kind of where I say it takes experience. I use, and I always use, you know, air quotes or whatever, when I say reasonable life expectancy (laughs) of the car, reasonable Uh life expectancy. So nobody's got any kind of, you know, magic formula there. Uh, There's more and more data out there, but you know, we, we just, the truth is we can't know. I mean, we can't predict the performance of the car. Absolutely. I mean, because you don't know how the last people that owned it drove it and Mm -hmm. things like that, but, um, If we were going to predict anything, we would predict that it's going to break down at some point in this three (laughs) years or, you know, the time we're going to predict that. But the the reality is I'm just simply trying to illustrate that that two grand in 
price difference mm -hmm. added nine months to the term of the loan. So will the car stand it? You got to tell me, like, you know, you got to mm -hmm. tell me where does it fit in that category? What is the length of the loan and what is the customer success? And so the other thing I would urge you to do, let me just I go finish out the kind of the table, you know, by adding that two grand from eight and nine ninety five to 10, nine, we added nine months. Then we went to twelve nine ninety five. That two grand added another nine months. So that's another 18 months, a year and a half is added to the contract for the difference between the eight ninety nine, eight nine nine five to yeah. twelve nine nine yeah, five. Almost. So yeah, it's like yeah. um you're you it's a we gotta be watchful of those numbers. So you see that what I'm really doing though is I'm saying it's it's determining because the approach that I would recommend in the sales department, almost regardless of you know where you're at in your business, is let me just kind of be the salesperson for a minute. I feel like my job as a salesperson is to negotiate with the customer for as much down payment as is manageable, sensible. It's not going to put them behind on rent in their very first, you know, month mm -hmm. or with me. So, so I've got to, I've got to try to get as much down payment as is possible and sensible. Then I got to uh, try to set the payment in a way that's manageable because the collection department is going to have to collect that and mm -hmm. hold the customer accountable to that for a long period of time. And then what do you usually like to keep that range in for? Oh, that's like 20 to 25% of net income. You know, 25%, okay. you, net, start, not gross. you start going above yeah. 25%, you know, especially at today's fuel prices and everything else, you're, you're, just, you're just not giving them room to have their cell phone, roof over their heads, you know, all that mm -hmm. stuff. So, so now you got to, you got to kind of, you, you're working within that box. You know, you got whatever you got for down payment. You're going to set the payment relative to their income. So now the, the last variable is term of loan. And this is the part that I'm saying, if, if I'm the dealer and you're the manager and you're sending me a deal for me to approve as a final underwriter, one of the key things I'm looking at is term of loan. Is the term of loan sensible? If it's pretty long relative to the miles and the kind of car that it is, then I might want to, you know, relook at the deal and try to shorten up the term, whatever. If it's a car that somebody's buying to drive Uber, you know, I might want to try to keep that term pretty short, right? So these are all kind of gray, this all gray space that we live in and buy here, pay here. But I would say that the key thing that we can't change is that, you know, that 23.9%, 10% down, 450 a month, that stuff's not going to change in this case. That mm -hmm. what we got, what we got, we put an APR on the contract, payments agreed. So now we're just talking about term of loan. And how does that compare? So I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't get too hung up on this on a per car basis. You're going to want, you, you, you factor it in on a per car basis. What'll eventually happen with enough experience, you would settle in to where you kind of knew that most of your cars are going to fall in this bucket. They're going to kind of be in this price range. And that's what makes sense for you in terms of term of loan based on miles you typically buy. And so I would be just watching that when you're setting those prices, you're just factoring in the length of the contract. One of the other things we did with that dealer is we asked them, and, and I would urge all of you to do the same thing. Pick pick your most, um, and especially those that are new, pick the price range that you're dealing in most. Run an amortization table. See what the principal balance looks like at 12 and 24 months. Those, And then, you know, because once you get, if you can get a customer to 24 months, what does a trade look like? So mm -hmm. think about that. What is that? So this is where the, you know, I love, I love the idea of working forward with the folks like Amanda Sanchez and those folks out there on the finance side of this, because 
we need to also factor in what does that look like? We, we know that we probably should be trading the customer at 24 months. As an example, the car's got a lot of miles. If we trade them in now, what does that really look like to us financially? I hear a lot of dealers kind of, you know, wrestling with this whole thing. And that's like, I just want to kind of see what does it actually do to what's, what's the transaction look like? Mm-hmm. And these are some of the hard things that I think you're going to hear me and Michelle taking on, you know, Brent Carmichael's joined me on the hard questions and, and some of this stuff, I, I'd love to bring this conversation with Brent, but I don't know that Brent, I don't, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I'm like, this is tough stuff. Like, I don't know who knows the real formula yeah. on when does it make sense to trade? I mean, like not the, this is what I think it is because it's been my experience, but yeah. like industry wide, um, you know, uh, do we know anybody who is real tracking data. that real I mean, data? Real Give data. me some real data that tells yeah. me, okay, because again, these pricing models can be all over the place, mm-hmm. but it's like, what I'm really trying to learn is at what stage does the math work best for me as the dealer mm-hmm. to trade? I, I, I'm obviously factoring into the success of the customer. I know that if I get to 24 months, car's got a lot of miles on it. It's probably time to be thinking about trading, but where does the math work best uh, for both myself and the customer. And also when you think about that, I'm, and, and look, I get it. We, we got leasing options out there. We got related finance companies, but I'm still just very sensitive to the idea that we're going to put a bunch of markup on a car and it's going to create a 40 some odd month contract or longer. And now we're going to trade the customer out of the car in 24 months, which means what we put markup on the car we never collected all that markup anyway. Yes, there's finance income along the way, but we never collected all that anyway. And now we trade, uh, you know, the customer in, they never, so we kind of put profit on the books that we never collected anyway. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we got income tax to think about in there too, not to mention sales tax or sales tax on the front end on a retail installment contract is set based on the selling price of the car. Mm -hmm. So we're just kind of the run, we run those prices up, um, you know, we're, we're, we're just adding to the length of the contract. And, and if we do the math on the trade, it's one of the things, frankly, Bill and Bill Elizondo and I just, uh, recorded and uh, by the way, that's about to be published. Uh, we're about to release that episode to of the, the syndicated yeah, stations, that, yeah. yeah, that, um, Bill and I, um, recorded on leasing, just leasing comparing leasing to retail installment. Retail installment, installment yeah. yeah. And so con- traditional buyer payer. So that'll go out. But I would just say that, you know, when you look at, the retail installment contract factor here, then, you know, gosh, when we run the price up, it kind of hurts us in a couple different ways. It's like really we need to super look very closely at what does it look like to trade that customer out in 24 and 30 months? And what's the principal balance going to be, you know, what's the real value of the car at that point in time. And if, if we can know, right. And, but it's like, these are the factors. Like when I say set the pricing, like tell the pricing is right for you. You should be able to set those prices based on your model and your strategy based on the, the grid that I just gave you. Lock in the down payment, lock in the, you know, the, as a percentage, lock in the payment amount, your interest rate. You might have, you know, variable rates, but go do the math on all those rates, I guess, if you're doing risk-based pricing and tiered pricing, APRs, I mean. And then, you know, now you just have to run out those numbers and see what it looks like because this is this is really where it happens in buy your payers. Like, what, what makes sense? What's the most sensible? If, if the outcome that we're looking for is a successful customer and trading the customer in long before, because I used to call that in my business, a rollover deal where the customer bought another car before they ever 
um, you know, financed another one. That was kind of our internal language for, you mm -hmm. know, rolling them into another car. And that was really important in my business strategy because I was doing fairly short-term notes. And, uh, and now it still applies though. All the stuff that we're talking about still applies. They're, they're, we have to figure out what is the outcome we're looking for and, and what's going to make sense for us in terms of pricing and how much markup. And by the way, quickly, I, you know, we used to talk about trying to get a hundred percent markup, or at least I still say, I'd like to see at least a hundred percent gross profit in the deal relative to the risk or the cash and deal. Still like mm -hmm. to see that kind of a ratio between those numbers, a one-to-one, -one, but it's, it's not as possible the higher cost of cars and, and starting to fit within the box that we're talking about here on the finance side, mm -hmm. it's not as possible to see that hundred percent as it once was. So we got to see if, does it still work? You know? Yeah. Until wages actually come up to meet what is happening with inflation. It's sure. your, your customer still is making the same amount of money. Yeah. And fuel prices are up. So their payment amount, yeah. you know, is going to be even more difficult. So yeah, we, we kind of have to fit within that box on the buy here, payer side of what we do. And so that's why I'm just saying, you know, when I say the right, price, how to set the right price. I think the right price is determined in this financing structure. Mm -hmm. And so you got it, you got to back into the financing structure. Can you, can you add three more grand to the price and still have the customer agree to buy it? You bet. Happens all the time. Mm -hmm. Now the question is which one was the right number, right? So it's like, how do we, how do we make that make sense? What, and so I think the, the answers are in those calculations I just gave you. You can just kind of work through that and figure out what, what does make sense for me and the customer? What is my, what's my principal balance look like if I run an amortization in 24 months? That's an important number, I think, to, to watch that. I have a squirrel, if Go you ahead. feel safe letting yeah, me squirrel. Course. Yeah, <laughs> Squirrel. I got the, let me find the mute button. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wah, wah, wah. yeah. Um, So, you know, let's say that you're trading in uh, when you've got like 12 months or when you get to mm -hmm. a certain point where you feel safe and in, in having them come and do a trade-in. Um, this is just how my brain works. It's like, so that trade-in, is that something you would immediately send to an auction or can you put that on a lot as like, these are some of the trade-in cars. And so for people that are looking for a car at the $250 a month mark, or, you know, like the ones that are looking for something really, really low, mm -hmm. and you can keep that term to maybe a year, mm -hmm. um, is that a good option? I don't. I think 20 or 12 months loans or I don't see that. Like I don't, there's right. not much of that, but I, the short answer to your question is yes. As a buy here, pay or dealer, I, I love having the flexibility to do that. It's up to what fits their business model mm -hmm. and kind of their, their current strategy. But yes, I love the idea of having discount cars, whether they're trade-ins or whatever so place to go with that car. And it's just a case by case. They got to, they got to evaluate the car and make a judgment whether yeah. or not it'll, it'll support, you know, whether it's going to be sold as is, if it's going to be, you know, supported by sure. um, a warranty or a service contract. And but yes, you're stuff. talking about somebody who used to finance short-term notes. I, I love the short-term stuff like that. That works for me. Um, I think what's interesting is some lenders out there don't love that model. And so, so you so might not be able to sell or payment stream those, but, yeah. but you know, if you've had a, if you've been doing this for two years and then you trade them out that you may not owe any. Yeah. And so I always like keeping those discount cars around for that customer who just moved into town. They just started a new job, you know, barely a month and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's not a lot of history there and stability. And so you, you'd like to have a solution. So if you can do something that's pretty low risk, yeah, I like having that option. I just know that not every dealer is comfortable and, you know, in, in creating that situation. But 
but you know, it's, it's all in the math and the business model for them to make sense of it. But yes, you could absolutely, you know, turn those trades into, you know, shorter term notes at the higher miles or whatever. But at some point it might, might, might not make mathematical sense in your business strategy, but, uh, yeah, I love having that option available for people. Yeah. All right. I don't have any other questions. Okay. Well, we probably can <laughs> wrap up. A there. couple of things that we wanted to just uh, um, announcements to finish up. Uh, we've got some events coming up that we are speaking at every one of these. Mm -hmm. um, we've got uh, the Florida Independent Automobile Dealers Association. That's going to be the second through the fourth of October. Just We're, a few weeks. That's just a few weeks away. Then next is the buy here pay here regional town hall on the 19th of october and um, that's going to be hosted by our friend tommy brand we will be broadcasting live. we will be broadcasting live on it'll be like a soft launch of bhph nation tv yep. so um put that on your calendar and you'll get more information as as the the date approaches then the next thing is the um is the arizona uh, finance conference. Right. And that's going to be the end of October. 28th, 29th and 30th, I think of, uh, it's the end of October. Yeah. Um, and we are speaking at that a couple of times. Right. And then, um, the next one is the buy here, pay here super forum, which will be in Austin, Texas in mm -hmm. November. Um, and that is the 9th, 10th and 11th. I and think. we will be speaking yeah. there on data. We'll be talking numbers, and yeah. uh, so we're still formulating. I don't know exactly what date we speak, but we know they chose our session on uh, on dashboard numbers yeah. and which numbers to watch in your buy here, pay your business. Yeah, and then there's one other thing we just kind of want to let you guys be aware of is that we have um, recently launched some new uh, coaching package mm -hmm. options, um, and it's we've got some really week to week, very affordable coaching options. Mm -hmm. um, where we can meet with you once or twice a week and you choose. So if, you know, if that's something that we can help, if there's something that you hear that sparks a, I really need help with this. Mm -hmm. um, or if there's other things that maybe we haven't talked about, but, uh, but you'd like to see if there's something that we can do to help reach out and we can do um, a, a call. Yeah. And that's something that came about just because we talked to a lot of people who really just could use some short-term help. And a lot of times yeah. when we meet them, they don't even really still know what they need. So sometimes it starts out with some level of discovery and kind of identifying the problem and then they can, but, but now we can just go week to week. They don't have to step yeah. into some long-term So usually engagement. what we'll do is we'll have just a, um, a quick phone call and then determine whether or not that's something that we feel like we can help you with. And I'll just let y'all know that more than once people have called and we've, you know, we have that, that, uh, 30 minute, phone call kind mm -hmm. of thing. And that Jim's like, can't help you with this, but I know who can sure. let me contact you or let me put you in contact mm -hmm. with this person. So if there's something that you're struggling with or that you might want to, you know, sharpen up or, mm -hmm. or whatever, uh, don't hesitate to give us a holler and, um, you know, we can see if we might be able to help you. Sure. Um, all right. So well, thanks for tuning in folks. Friday. Yep. It's the weekend yep. and it's a holiday weekend. Yes. So many of you will um, not be open on Monday. So you get a little bit of an extra. Um, maybe I'll catch up on my sleep. Maybe. 
<laughs> Look for a, we make, you may get a recorded broadcast on Monday morning. We haven't really decided about that, but I, we will have something air yeah. at the 9 a.m. time. Well, slot. all of our, uh, all of our client slots, um, all of them have said, yeah, we're not going to be here. We don't want to meet with you. So no. it's like the only thing we really have on our calendar right now is the, the morning, morning show. show. Yeah. So we're trying to decide what we want to do. But it's the holiday. You guys mm -hmm. should uh, enjoy your uh, long weekend and, uh, we, we appreciate your feedback on the content. We're getting Absolutely. lots of great feedback. And so yeah. we want to continue to hear from you. If you're liking what we're bringing, uh, please tell us. And uh, again, thanks for hanging in with us. Yeah. Have a great weekend and we will see you on um, Monday, either recorded or live.